Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. Let's stand together and worship.
incredible that we have a God that is constantly pursuing us. He's constantly wanting to grow in relationship with us. And our reality is God loved us first. He loved us before we ever chose him, before we ever turned to him. And we didn't earn that love. We don't deserve that love, but yet he freely gives it to each and every single one of us. It's pretty incredible. And the reality is every single longing that we have in our hearts and our souls and our lives can only truly be satisfied by the one that gave us life. And that's Jesus. And so as we worship here this morning, let's just say, you know what? Christ is enough. He's enough for me. So let's just worship from that posture with that heart. Let's just lift up our praises to him. i 
that you are here with us now. And God, there is no doubt that the answer to our cultural epidemics is following Jesus. And so, Father, my prayer is that as we leave here today, that each one of us will have decided that there is no turning back, that we've decided to follow Jesus. Father, we know that you are enough for us. And so, Father, we thank you so much for your presence here with us right now. God, you give us the power to be transformed, to look more like you. And Father, we rejoice no matter what is happening in our lives today, Lord. We can wake up and say, today is the day that the Lord has given and we will rejoice in you. And so, Father, we lift you up. We give you all the glory for everything that happens here today. We give you praise and honor for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. Oh, good. Hey, Chris. Woohoo. We're in sort of full swing of summer, aren't we? Summer is here. Vacations are happening. The beach is calling, right? Uh, but we're going to take our tithes and offering in just a few moments. And uh, most of you know the drill on that, but you can see it up here. There's a variety of ways to give. The most important thing is that I hope everyone has learned the value of tithing. It is true that you don't have to worry about money. When you put God first in your life, he promises to meet every need that we have. And uh, maybe not our wants, but every need that we have. And Buddy and I are living proof of that because a long time ago, we decided to tithe and give him the first of everything that we had financially. And we've never begged for bread, and he's given us more than we could ever hope for. So I hope that you discover that. As that basket comes by, if you're a, a guest or if you're someone that hasn't, uh, if you don't want to give, you don't have to because we, we want people to be joyful givers, uh, not out of compulsion, not because it's duty or because you think you have to or guilt. No, no, no. We just want people to give because you're putting Jesus first in your life. So thank you for that. There's a connection card in your program, and this is just a way for you to communicate with us if you need to update us on your information or you would like prayer requests or uh, you'd like to, to get in on a ministry and serve or volunteer. This card is a great way for you to communicate with us. If you're a first-time guest with us today, we'd love to give you a little gift, and there's a banner out in the lobby that says first time guests with some little gifts there and uh, if you take your connection card there if you just go there they'll give you that little gift and we'll say thank you for being here today well next week is father's day how many fathers do we have here Oh, yeah. Thank you, fathers, for being in church. You're setting an example. And I can tell you, I believe that your role is one of the most difficult there is in any relationship. And so I admire you for especially being here. I hope that you will invite a father next week, maybe somebody that doesn't go to church or just your father or uh, somebody that doesn't normally come because we want to honor fathers next week. And uh, I can tell you this, if I had my father here on earth, I would do anything I could to get him here because uh, that relationship is so important. I haven't had him in a long, long time. But if you have your father, even if it's a tough relationship, you know what? It's worth um, having that connection. So invite them next week. We also have an ice cream social coming up. And uh, Kelly is really excited about this, aren't you, Kelly? Yeah. 
And I'm telling you, when it comes to ice cream, it always makes people smile, doesn't it? Buddy and I had a great big old gigantic bowl last night, and it ended up somewhere on my body. I'm not sure. Uh, in my stomach, I guess. But uh, ice cream is fun. But the students are going to go to uh, Asbury Manor Senior Apartments, and uh, they're going to kind of connect intergenerationally, and I think it's going to be a great opportunity. If you'd like to volunteer for that, you can go to Missions at Salem Fields on that app that you have downloaded, right? because you're getting notifications of things that are happening too, right? Good. And also remember that you can go there and uh, do your notes to the message today and take notes on that. That's always an, a nice little feature. So uh, go there and uh, find out more about that. Ignite is coming up. That's our middle school missions trip. And that's a whole week long of service that the middle schoolers are going to do. And they're going to different towns and cities, Williamsburg, Richmond, Culpeper, and uh, they're going to have a great time. So if you know a middle schooler or you um, have a middle schooler, make sure that they get signed up to that. There's a table out in the lobby that you can go to. It has a big old banner that says... <laughs> it says middle school. <laughs> and that's where you can go to get more information about all of that. Well, we're going to honor our graduates in just a few moments, but I just wanted to tell you at the end of, you know, in the, I watch culture, I study culture, I, uh, it's, it's an amazing thing to see how our world interacts with each other, and uh, you've seen recently in, uh, in the news that there have been some high-profile suicides, and so I just felt um, compelled to do a message on suicide, and I'm going to do that the very last weekend of uh, June. Now, that is a, um, a holiday weekend. It's July 4th is coming up, and we only have a Sunday two Sunday services that weekend, not a Saturday night service, but I'm going to do a message on, on suicide. Now, that's a pretty heavy subject. However, I think it's really important for people to understand and to be knowledgeable and to be able to speak and to know what the subject is all about. I'm a licensed professional counselor, a mental health professional, as well as I'm going to deal with it from that aspect, as well as the theological and the spiritual aspect. So I think it's really important because it's so highly visible in our culture. People uh, are making this an option for life for, and death, and so it's really important that we understand that more fully. So I'm going to do that message. You may not be able to be here, but you'll be able to um, uh, go online and get the message, and I would love for everybody to, to be a part of that and invite someone as well. Well, we're going to honor our graduates. We have high school and college graduates, and uh, Pastor Trent is coming up here. He has worked with high school, and there are college graduates, and I see my grace here. So if you all would come on up, we've got the most fantastic, spectacular gift that you can even imagine. <laughs> Yuck. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Aw. Look. Anybody else? Really? Oh, here. Yeah. Brandon. Aren't they lovely? What an accomplishment. So, Grace, why don't you tell us where you graduated from? I graduated from James Madison University. Yay! 
And what's your degree in? Uh, elementary education. And what are your plans now? Uh, I am in the master's program to uh, get licensed to be a teacher at JMU. <laughs> Yay! What an incredible accomplishment. I know Grace told me she graduated one day and went back to school the next. So, you know, my brother called me a professional student. I just kept going to school. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, never did want to get out of it, <laughs> so <laughs> that's not, a, you want to be a teacher, don't you? I'm so thankful that people are still called to be teachers, aren't you? And Grace is, so remember to pray for her. So Grace, we want to give you this fantastic, amazing gift. It's a cup, and, <laughs> but, but, that's right, you can never have too many, but this cup has an an amazing scripture on it that if you live your life by, God will take you exceedingly abundantly beyond whatever you can hope or imagine. Okay, I love you. <laughs> Grace, how long have you been coming to Salem Fields? Uh, I think since I was in like fourth or fifth grade. I love my Grace. <laughs> Hi, Hannah. Hey. How are you? Good. Tell us where you graduated from. Uh, Wagner Academy Homeschool. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> you graduated high school, yeah. didn't you? You wore your cap and gown. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and, and what are your plans now? I'm going to go to Mount Vernon Western University, and um, I'm going to um, begin in music, and then the next year, or maybe the next semester, transfer into pastoral ministries. Oh, that And Hannah, how long have you been coming to Salem Fields? Too long. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're ready to get out of the, you're ready to blow this pop stand, aren't you? <laughs> I, was that your mom? Uh, okay. No. How, how old were you? You, you guys. Uh, one. There you go. Another Salem Fielder. <laughs> There's your cup, Hannah. Hi there. Hello. Good. How are you doing? I'm Where doing did you good. graduate from? Orange County High. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and you wore the cap and gown and you looked really handsome, didn't you? You know, I tried, but it just wasn't working for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're sharp. All right. So um, what? any plans now? Um, I actually leave August 6th for the Marine Corps. <laughs> Let me hear the Marine Corps thing. Isn't it like hoorah or something? Yeah. Can you do it? Uh, you know, a little nervous right now. <laughs> oh, you are. <laughs> trying to work it out. First time on stage. Oh, it is? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, do a little dance for us. That'll get you. <laughs> uh, it'd be a show. I love it when people are on the stage for the first time. That's awesome that you were you like willing the to come in. Yeah, I do. The sweaty hands. I do. Like, yeah, being out of, your, out of your comfort zone. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Don't yeah. like being in the spotlight. Well, congratulations Thank on your you. great, huge accomplishment. We're going to give you a cup, and you can Thank remember you. Salem Fields. How long have you been coming to Salem Fields? Uh, four years now. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Trent, would you pray for our graduates? Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, I tell you, we thank you so much for um, just being able to look and see as you've carried um, many of our students through um, just so many trials and challenges of high school and 
um, others, God, who are on the stage tonight, today, who have, um, Lord, um, kind of made it through college and are now moving into new stages of their life. And Father, um, we just want to pray, God, Lord, that you would order their steps. We ask, God, Lord, that you would guide their path, you would call them into great purpose for you. We pray, God, Lord, that you would just please begin to um, even just inspire their hearts, Lord, to the direction for which you're calling them. And, Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, for this just great opportunity to celebrate with them as they have reached another stage in their life. And we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Blessings. Blessings. Give them a hand. We're going to take our morning tithes and offering, and you know what? We're going to count our blessings, okay? Here we go. As soon as that basket goes by, just stand and engage in worship. I was blind, now I'm seeing. I was dead, now I'm living forever. I had failed, but you were my redeemer. I've been blessed beyond all measure. I was lost, now I'm found by the Father. I've been changed from ruin to treasure. I've been given a hope and a future. I've been blessed beyond all measure. Now I am counting every blessing, counting every blessing. Let it go in trusting when I cannot see. I am counting every blessing, counting every blessing. Surely every season. Every blessing, counting every blessing, show. 
have? Health. Health. Oh, that's good. I can't understand them all. What was it over there? Protection. I heard someone over there. And life, yes. All right. You know what? If we got up every morning and we counted every blessing, I think our whole day would go completely different, don't you? Isn't it good to have Francis and Elizabeth Olambambi here with us today? They are all the way from Nigeria, but really they live in Boston now. They're becoming Americans as well. They have three sons and they live uh, in Boston. So uh, don't they look lovely? <laughs> we, we need to get your picture. You, did you plan this or? <laughs> you, you didn't? Wow, so great minds think alike. And Francis, I think you need a little red turban or something. I'm not sure. But uh, these are our good friends. And, Fran and Elizabeth, would you tell us about your family, first of all, because Elizabeth is dedicated. Uh, I know Nigerians are involved in their children's lives for they just walk along with them. And her sons are grown, but they're, she's still very involved. So would you tell us about your family? Good morning, everybody. It's good to be back home because Silent Field is our second church, and we love everything about Silent Field and everybody that worships here. We love you dearly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. By the grace of God, we have three boys. The first one is 27 years of age. The second is uh, 24, and our baby will turn 20 by 25th of this month, and he just graduated from the college. Yes, yes. Graduated with a very good result, cum laude. Yes. And they are all doing beautiful. <laughs> They are doing well in the academic pursuit, and spiritually they are doing good. They are all involved in church activities. But as a mother, I know that they still need the touch of their parents. Um, I have the opportunity to spend more time with them in Boston, so that the two of us, because whatever I tell them comes directly from their dad too, We'll be able to nurture them well and make them to be the best man that they should be to God and to their wives. So we discovered that this time is the best time for us, for me in particular, to have quality time to spend with them so that we can really pass the teachings and the, and the belief we have in God to them so that by the time they are all set for, to start their own home, they will start on a solid ground. That's a good mom right there, isn't it? And I love this culture because they really are involved and kind of slowly release involvement over time, and it really shows up in, 
in uh, there. Did, did you say your son graduated at 19 from Boston University? Yes, yes. Uh, Suffolk, Suffolk University. Yes. 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 Uh, all right. So, Francis, uh, we know that you train leaders and pastors around the world. Would you tell us how many countries are you involved in and how uh, many countries are you over? Oh, currently or presently, we are in uh, 17 countries, um, mostly in West and Central Africa, starting from um, Mauritania. We just had a conference there two days ago, on, I mean, on Friday and Saturday. By the way, Mauritania, most of our countries, some of them are like 90% Muslim or 95% Muslim. And in Mauritania, which is only 2% Christians, uh, either Pentecostal or Evangelical or Catholic, only 2%. We had about 250 yesterday that attended our leadership training. So we have it in Mauritania, Senegal, Guinea Conakry, Guinea, Mabisao, uh, Niger, Chad, Mali, um, uh, Togo, Benin, Ivory Coast, Nigeria, Cameroon, uh, uh, Gabon. Uh, all Central, over Africa. All over. All over, all over <laughs> Africa. And we had, we, last year we trained about 42,000 leaders, pastors. And this year we are aiming a little bit high to like 55,000 pastors that we train. Making a huge difference. And so when you give, you're giving all around the world. And uh, sometimes you think that when you give, it's just the, the dollars that you give. But in reality, you have ownership of what's happening in the world. Uh, Francis, could you tell us a story, maybe a story of how all of that is making a difference in the lives of people? Uh, quickly, I just want to talk about two of them, uh, maybe one person and other things I see happening. Uh, I remember last year we were doing training and we have a leader, a business leader, big time business person that lost everything about 20, 25 years ago just because of the bad government policy and uh, he vowed not to forgive those people that if that will take heaven away from him, he's okay with that, that he will revenge and he is plotting everything possible. And uh, that was a time, I mean, we were training on forgiveness. Why, if we don't forgive others, it's like we are drinking poison and we expect another person to be killed, kind of a thing. And at the end of the training, the person, I mean, that gentleman broke down in tears. And he was just crying that, oh, God, I will forgive. I will forgive. And that is how he forgave. And he has released. And it's like he has a little bit of uh, revival in his business. I mean, one person. We saw in our training how people, I never knew that pastors who experience burnout. I never knew that pastors who experience discouragement and people could say, yes, I'm giving up. 
I thought pastoral calling should be the most prestigious calling. But pastors experience burnout. And in so many of our training, we see pastors that will say, oh, I will give it a try again. I, 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 will, I will continue again. And that gives me joy in doing what we are doing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. So could you tell us, us then as a body at Salem Fields Community Church, how our support makes a difference in your life, in your ministry, in your family? Wow. One hour? <laughs> okay. Uh, no. To be honest with you, Silent Field, we got to know Silent Field 30 years ago. And I hope some of you knew the story how I abandoned body at the airport and I was pursuing, uh, <laughs> who was it? <laughs> I was pursuing somebody that I thought would be of great importance to me. You were pursuing John Maxwell who, and you who, just who, got buddy. Who asked you to, <laughs> who asked you to mention <laughs> I'm your friend, friend. Anyway, anyway, I was pursuing, so, 13 years ago, we met, and uh, that has been a kind of a turning point in my life. For instance, then we were trying to build a house because in Africa, you build your house. You don't buy a house or you lease a house. You build your house. We were trying to do that, and I, uh, when Buddy came to our house with the team, we came back. That was my first time here, and you made a generous donation, probably 13000 and uh, to put windows and complete the house. Personal. Uh, and I know for ministry, about 12 years ago, we were struggling and sweating like Christmas turkey, you know, or Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> and uh, just putting on in our gen. And, uh, and uh, the church, Silent Feed, make a generous donation to buy us a uh, 30 kVA generator, which powers everything, our ACs, and everything. And that is what Silent Feed every year support us, not just for, I mean, to do ministry, to go to places we can never imagine to go. Uh, and uh, you know, when you are working and you know that at the end of the month we have something to show for it, you are happy. So Silent Feed have been making us to be happy every time. Ten years ago, nine years ago, Buddy came and my children then, they were thinking of going to the college, my first son was thinking of getting to college and Buddy said, I can work, uh, I mean, Buddy and Gail said, we can work and put you in, a, in Eastern Nazarene College in Boston. And that is how Buddy and Gay helped us to get, to get, I mean, to put our child, the first son, to Eastern Nazarene and he is there now. By the way, he is in the U.S. Army now. Oh, and, 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 and that gives me joy. And through him, we are here and we can stay as long as we want to. And the second one came who graduated last year, psychology, and he's going for master's in September. And the third one came and then who just graduated uh, uh, in business and is going for uh, financial law. So it's true silent fee. We are able to get all those kind of connection that we're able to bring our children to a country that is blessed by God and uh, having the best education. So thank you, Silent Thank you, Buddy and Gary. 
That's why it's so important to bring them here because you hear us bring needs to you and you're so generous and you give, but it's really important for you to understand also where that goes to. We've watched their boys grow up. I remember John, the youngest one, he told me, uh, he said, I'm going to marry an American woman and become a doctor. And now, now he's grown up. He's not married yet. Uh, there's a good chance. I know Joshua's marrying an American girl and, uh, uh, it's been a beautiful thing to watch what has happened, and that would not have been possible without the support of you. So when you give, remember that that's all the stories that go on behind it. Well, Elizabeth, do you have kind of a final thing to say to us? Are you feeling better today? That cold Boston air does not work for a Nigerian very well, does it? <laughs> this, this weather here is a little bit better. Yes. yes. It's very good that we are getting used to the weather. I just want to appreciate you once again and encourage us that we should keep on living the life that pleases God. We may have challenge, challenges here and there, but never give up. God is ever faithful. He will always be with you, and we see you through. God bless you. Do I, do I borrow? I'm borrowing you, my boys. Okay. Yes, to say thank you, church, for your generosity. No, I don't. <laughs> but anyway, that's a good word, isn't it? Yes. I want you to watch this video because this is also where your money goes. It, it's uh, a person that's connected, working with Boko Haram, with, uh, that that uh, Francis has made a, a difference with, and your finances have. So watch this. Hello, my name is Julius, pastor with Four Square Gospel Church in Nigeria. Uh, I'm from the northern part of Nigeria, where the Boko Haram uh, insurgency is still uh, uh, going on. Uh, it's a region that has been plagued with this violence for the past six years. Over 20,000 people have died as a result of this crisis. Uh, so many churches have been burned, so many widows and children that have been orphaned. So to walk in that region is very risky and very difficult. However, God has been helping us to uh, take the gospel to that area of, of my country. It's pretty, pretty uh, difficult and risky because um, you don't travel by road in some of the areas because the insurgents can ambush uh, the vehicles going by road. But we thank God for support we receive from various organizations and, and churches. Particularly, we want to appreciate uh, your church for the support we receive through Pastor uh, Francis. He's going to really, really help in so many ways to alleviate the suffering of the widows and the orphans that we are taking care of. We want to thank you so much for what you are doing to reach out to the less privileged in my country. The Lord bless you. Thank you very much. I want to say with Pastor Julius, thank you so much. Um, presently, we have over 1,000 people that we are reaching through him. He is our uh, northern coordinator for our ministry. And uh, he, we have a lot of widows, a lot of orphans that 
Um, some widows will start them up with about $100 only. Some $200, but and it's, they're just happy with that. Some uh, orphans will pull them back to school through uh, the ministry of uh, our northern coordinator. And we really appreciate your help and your support and your generosity. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for this church. We thank you for what this church has been for us. We thank you for the way you have been helping this church to support and to bless us. We thank you for everyone in this church. Lord, we worship you. Lord, this morning we pray that you will speak your word to us. We pray that you will touch us. You will give us understanding. Oh, Lord God, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to read from the book of Judges, Judges chapter 6, verses uh, 11 to 16, but verse 11 to 13, I will paraphrase. I will paraphrase it. Uh, and let me just give the background to this, I mean, to, my, uh, to the reading. There was a time in Israel, it's like the Israel sin, they deviated they revolt against God, and God allowed the oppressors to, to torment them. God allowed the tormentors to torment them, and they, people, people that are supposed to be strong, people that are supposed to stand tall, they are now hiding. And then it's like nobody is, I mean, nobody is there to save Israel. There was a, a kind of an encounter between a young man called Gideon and an angel. The angel appeared to Gideon and he said, and he said, thou, thou art blessed. I mean, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, the Lord is with you. Thou art blessed. Thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with me, why then is all this befalling us? And where, and where be all these miracles which our father told us before? The, our father told us that you are a wonderful God, you are a mighty God. Where, where, I mean, why then should all these things befalling us? And the Lord looked upon him and said, go in this their might, thou shalt save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? If I were you, I would just mind, have I not sent thee? That changed the whole conversation. It changed the whole conversation that you are a powerful man of God. I have sent you, I have commissioned you, I have ordained you, I have given you a, a walk. And, and he said unto him, Gideon said unto him, Oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? It's like Gideon, his man, the man in him is talking now. I mean, the real man in him, which is the real man in us, is talking. He said, My family is poor in Manasseh. Good excuse. And I am the least in my father's house. 
perfect excuse, right? But, and the Lord said unto him, surely I will be with thee. It's like all those Gideon's excuses is nonsensical before God. It's nothing before God. It's not acceptable before God. And the Lord said unto him, you know what? You can make thousands of excuses, but one thing I know, I saw potential in you. One thing I know, I saw the spirit that can deliver. I saw charisma. I saw ability. I saw it in you. Surely, I will be with thee. That settles it. And thou shalt smite the Midianite as one man. You know what? God has put in us, every one of us, potentials. He has put in us potential. He has put in us ability. He has put in us charisma, wisdom, so much so that we can be all that he intends us to be. He has put in us. In my mind and in my thinking, there is nothing called impossibility with God. You know, you know I know in your culture and in our culture, when one is disabled, in my culture, most especially when one is disabled, there are so many things he cannot do. But with God, there is nothing called disability. Or you are not able to do it. You know, in my culture, if you are young, they say you cannot be this, you cannot be that. If you are too old, you cannot be this, you cannot be that. But in God's culture, and in God's scheme of life, and in God's scheme of things, Either you are old or you are young, you are still useful to God. In fact, there is nothing called you, uh, 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 unuseful person in the hands of God. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, you know, in my culture, we think someone is, is a kind of uh, fake, second class. But in God's culture and in God's view of things, we are all original. We are all. And you know, again and again, we fail to see ourselves the way God sees us. And, and because of this, we fail to unleash our full potential. We fail to unleash it. We just think, yes, it's okay. Let me come to church. Let me just come and say the prayers and listen to Pastor Body and Gay. It's okay. The church, the, the choirs, we don't have many. You know, I cannot sing. I'm so timid. I am, I amount to nothing. But you know what? God is saying you are something. You are somebody. God has given you charisma. Has given that there are so much deposit of God upon your life that if you allow, if you unleash it, if you remove the lead of fear. And you remove the lead of, you know, just try to cage yourself. You will be mightily used by God. You will be mightily used by God. I, God really wants every one of us to make our life count. We need to make our life count. Three ways. I mean, that we perceive ourselves. And I think the word, we really allow the word to perceive us is this. Let me talk of the first three perception that I think we need to consider this morning. 
perception one, the way we perceive ourselves. The way we perceive ourselves. We, we, we underestimate ourselves. You know, when you meet with a folk that is 60 years, I will be 60 years next year. And I just don't like saying I will be 60 years next year because I just think age is just a, a matter of number. You know, when you see, I met a lot of people who are getting 60 like me and we are so happy that we'll be 60 and they say, I'm getting tired. <laughs> you are not tired. And I mean, some of them will say, I want to retire. If you are not tired, you can never be retired. <laughs> yes, you can change your vocation. You can change what you are doing. You know what? Like I tell people, you have your first best and your second best in everything. And God is still interested in you. No, how do we perceive ourselves? We underestimate ourselves. We, we, we say we are incompetent. We, I mean, we say not, we are not uh, talented. And we say, and we see ourselves as an unimportant people. May I tell us this, Christians? You may be common, but you are not cheap. Hello? You may be common, but you are not cheap. That's a deposit of God in you. There is what the theologians we call the emago day of God. There is the image of God in you. You are carrying, I mean, the image of God. So you may be common, but you are not cheap. And that is why I believe devil cannot waste your life just like that. By the way, you are not ordinary. You are specially special. But we see ourselves as not important. Thank God, out of humility, we are not important. I hope it's not out of the devil deception that we, are, that we just think we are not important. Gideon saw himself, he, he, he saw himself as timid, as weak, and very unimportant person. He said, uh, I mean, he said unto him, that is, he said to the angel, Oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor. God doesn't work with your money or with anything you have. My family is poor and I am the least in my father's house. What concerns God about the least or the first or the least? We saw the least, right? David was the least in his father's house. And God laid hold of him and God used him. It seems to me as if God really won the least. Josiah, King Josiah was the least. Eight years old. And God laid his hand upon him, and he made him a king. And he caused revival in the land. So, but, you know what? At times we see ourselves not the way God sees us. God saw Gideon as a mighty valor. The man, or a mighty valor, the man that can cause deliverance. Now, Another way we perceive, or another way of perception is the way society perceives us. The world sees you as an unimportant person, not talented, not good enough. King David was, was seen as a young, untalented, and unskilled boy who is not, I mean, who have no formal training. 
But David did not let that stop him. I mean, stop him from killing the giant Goliath and later uh, becoming the king of Israel. Now, you know, there was a song that I was trying to listen to yesterday, sung by uh, one of the uh, one musician. He said, when people see me, they saw the, the rot in me. But when God sees me, he saw the best in me. He saw the best in me. May I tell you this, God is seeing you, not just as the society saw you, or not, as, not just as the society is seeing you, not just as you are seeing yourself, God is seeing the best in you. He's seeing the best in you. I hope you know this. I hope you understand this. The way God perceives us, he sees us as his own masterpiece. I'm happy for that. That God sees us as his own masterpiece. He sees us as powerful. He sees us as gifted, as great, one that can carry out his divine agenda. That is the way God sees us. You, God see, you know, people may see imperfection in you, but God sees you as a perfect product. Not the one made from some, somewhere. And, you know, you are not like Toyota product that they can recall. You remember? They recall this, for recall that, because of this, because of that. You are not. You are perfect. You are perfect. I hope you will say amen. amen. You are perfect. That is the way God sees you. I mean, the world may see you as not good enough, but God is seeing you as very good. The world may see you as artificial, but the world, I mean, God is seeing you as original. The world may see you and they will, they, they will split and they say, oh, oh. But God is seeing you as a delight. Oh, my goodness. He sees you as a delight. No matter what, no matter the condition you may be, God is seeing you as somebody. You are not Mr. Nobody, you are Mr. Somebody. I hope you will know that, that you are Mr. Somebody. In the Bible, we see clearly how God sees us. Like Caleb, though considered as an old man at, at the age of 95, uh, 85, saw himself because he used God periscope to see himself. He saw himself as strong, as a warrior, as a man of valor, as a conqueror, and as a champion. Mary, the mother of Jesus, looked ordinary and from an unknown family, but God saw her as the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. She became favored and excellent instrument in the hand of God. May I beg you, don't let your perception or uh, society perception or your neighbor's perception form your life. Form your life, live your life as God sees you. God is seeing you as a wonderful creator. And that is why he invested a lot of things in your life. By the way, he allowed Jesus Christ to die for you. He sustained your life up to, up, to, up to today. Most of the things that happened to you in the time past, you still survive. 
the, the problems, the pains, the headache, the sickness, the frustration, and the world. You still survive. I think God has something to do with you. That, I mean, he has something to do with you. The overall goal and the overall plan of God is to make you better and not bitter. God is seeing something great in you. And he's having a better plan for you. Not the way you plan it. I know some of you now, in, in, in my age, you say, let me just pull it to 35, to 65, or to 28, to, to, to 62, and let me retire. No, you should not. What is God saying? What is God telling you? God says something in you. And that is why he allows you to be in a place like this. And that's why he's giving you commission. You may not know, but I tell you this, I know until you die, God is still commissioning you to do something. You remember last year I said, if you are not dead, you are not done. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so happy. That God can lay hold of you and he can use you for your glory. Not just because you are rich. I know all, all Americans are rich. Not just because you are, not just because you are rich, not just because you are educated, not just because you are white or you are black or you are anything, but just because of God. And you ask God, God, what do you see in Francis? Why do you lay your hands upon Francis and use him? You can put your name instead of Francis. Why God, why should God lay his hand upon you and use you. You tell me, and I tell you this, I don't know. <laughs> you, know you, you know, at times, things you don't know, it's good for you not to know it. But it's just good for you to follow it by faith. You don't know why God lays his hand upon you, but follow me by faith. God lays his hand upon you because he wants you to make your life count. He lays his hand upon you because he wants to use you at this end time. He lays his hand upon you because he wants to use you so that you can expand this church, so that you can populate heaven and depopulate hell. Yes, that's why he lays his hand upon you. God will not send the angels. Huh? You, you, you know what the Bible says? You are the sons of God. You are the ambassador of heaven. You are. No, three things. Three things I want you to consider. Or three things you must do to make your life count. I strongly believe this, that there is a deposit. There is potential in this room. I strongly believe there is deposit of God. There is grace of God in this room. I strongly believe it. That when we allow, when we unleash it, and we allow God to, to say amen, and we say yes, Lord, and we allow God to, to take hold of us, we will be unstoppable. The church will be unstoppable. And your life will be unstoppable. Your life will count. His name will be glorified. And you will be blessed. You will be blessed. Three things I want you to consider to make your life count. Number one, live for purpose. Live for purpose. You were created by God to fulfill a purpose here on earth, and it is your responsibility to find that purpose 
and live it out. Every one of us, we are created by God. You know, you know uh, <coughs> excuse me, Francis of Assisi said this, preach the word, if possible, spoke the word, or speak the word. Preach the word, if possible, speak the word. Meaning that every one of us, there is a design of God for our lives. And we just need to find it. It could be a design of God for your life. It's to be a campus representative of God. It could be a, the design of God is to be an encourager. It could be the design of God for your life is to walk here. It could be the design of God is to preach. But you have a design. When God created you, when God created you, you have a design in his heart to make you to be. It is your responsibility. It is my responsibility to find out that purpose and live it out. God's desire is for us to discover the life he has created us for, to live here on earth and forever in eternity. When you live your purpose, you will be making your life count. First Timothy, Second Timothy 1 Timothy 1.9 said he has uh, saved us and called us for a holy life. And because of, and because of, and not because of anything rather, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Ladies and gentlemen, may I announce to you that the life you are now living, God allow you to live it not just because you are good, not just because you have good and nice doctors in America. No, God allow you to live it. The work you are still ha having, the family you are still holding, and, and that's why I tell people, people have families and they never knew that. God's hand is on it. Why do you need to destroy your family just because of your selfish aggrandizement? No, God brought you together. So we need to discover this and we need to leave this purpose. We need to leave it out. Not, you know, George Washington Carves, C-A-R-V-E-E-R, -E -E said this, Carve. No individual has any right to come into the world and go out of it without leaving behind yeah, behind his distinct and legitimate reason for having passed through it. No individual, you don't have the right. But God has allowed you, you need to leave behind distinct and legitimate reason why you are saved, why you are called a Christian. Are you getting me? Huh? Let's continue a little bit. Always just say the grace now and go. <laughs> okay, thank you. Number two, pursue a high calling. Pursue a high calling. Our life will count when we start investing it in serving others. Though, though it may be tough and challenging, dangerous and life-threatening, 
as we live out our life for the utmost purpose, we will find joy and fulfillment. Pursue the high calling. Invest your life in others. You know, we have three stages of life. Number one is the survivor stage. That you just want to get everything. You want to get prayer. You want to get someone. You want to get everything. All for yourself. Number two is the success stage. Probably it's called American dream. That uh, you have a car, you have a house, you have everything, you are okay. Your 401K is very okay. You can, you know, I'm getting used to you, to, to your system now. <laughs> and you, you are happy that you can retire now. That is success stage. Success stage. Number third stage that few people understood it and few people really pursue it is the stage of significance. Which every one of us need to pursue. You can pursue it as a child, you can pursue it as an adult, you can pursue it as an old man. It's when you live all your life out for others. Consider it that in outside there you see somebody and you just speak word of grace into his life. What do you think will happen? That you, you know what, sister, you are wonderfully made. I'm very happy for your graduation, and I know you will be a professor very soon. No, I'm just telling Hannah, and she started smiling. You, 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 you understand me? She started smiling. No, when you say that to people, when you give word of grace, word of wisdom, and then you just pray for people, and you just be there for people to greet them, what do you think will happen? People will be happy. We need to consider others in our planning. In our planning, if we really want our life to count. And the third, oh, oh let me say this. Gideon, because he lived his life for others, he became a judge. Esther, a deliverer. Uh, Caleb, a landowner. And Kohiers with Israel. Number third, have a heart for service. Everyone has been called. Every one of us has been called. Every one of us has been ordained in one measure or the other. And every one of us has been empowered to do something. It could be small. It could be like picking the trash or cleaning this. We have been ordained to do something. God has equipped us. Thank God for listening to messages again and again through the servants of God in this church. God has equipped us to make kingdom impact. He has equipped us to make kingdom impact. And you can see the book of Jeremiah. God said, you know, Jeremiah, don't be timid, don't be afraid. I call you even in your mother's womb. I formed you. I knew you. I approve you. You are my choosing instrument. I call you for a purpose. The purpose is to make impact. Is to make impact. Is to live a life so that uh, at the end of your day, you will go home empty. You will go home empty. At your burial ground, you will go home empty and full. Empty in the sense that every deposit of God in your life, you give it out, like Billy Graham. Full in the sense that you are going there with reward, with something to show for the giftings, for the grace, 
for the anointing, for, the, for, for everything that God has deposited in you, you are going to show it for the Lord. Let us, I'm concluding, let us live our life for God. Make it count to the younger, the millennium generation. Don't just accept the status quo like Gideon that the oppression is normal, that everything is normal, that the encroachment of the devil over the church is normal. Don't accept it. Don't accept that it is our society, that is society dictate, everybody does what is. No, don't accept it. Live out your life for God. Make an impact. Let your life count. You can be significant. You can make the world a better place and, and make maximum impact in your generation. And to the older folks that I'm happy, a little bit happy to be, to be going to, to the older folks, just like, Dave, just like Caleb, even at age of 65, I think you can still conquer new territories and possess mountains. Remember, if you are not dead, you are not done. Huh? If you are not dead, you are not done. There's still so much that you can do. Every one of us, there's still so much you can do. By the way, just like in a company, they move you from this department and they take you to that department. If you think you cannot preach, God is just moving you to a department of mentoring or a department of teaching. And if you think you are too tired of teaching, God is moving you to a department of visiting or answering calls. Nobody is useless in the house of God. God never created you to be useless. If God really wanted to live as a useless man, God will discard you. But if God says spare your life, God has something to do with your life. Am I talking? <laughs> there is still so much that you can do. So today, I challenge every one of you, I challenge you to do something more for his glory. I challenge you to make your life count. I challenge you not to die with all the grace, with all the resources, with all the, uh, all the blessings, with all the potentials that God has given unto you. Don't die with them. Set them loose. Use them for the kingdom and use them for the, for the glory, the global glory of God. I want to, I mean, that was a person, George Coe's, his name called, he had the opportunity of making his life count, but he never considered it. Upon his deathbed, he said this, must I go and empty-handed, thus, does my dear Redeemer meet, not one day of service giving him, lay no trophy at his feet. Must I go and empty-handed? Must I meet my Redeemer's soul? Not one soul with wish to greet him. Must I go handed? Or must, 
high-handed goal. I think this is a thought-provoking. Must you go empty-handed? Must you go without unleashing the potentials, the grace, the charisma, the ability, the anointing, the wisdom that God has given unto you? Must you go without investing the treasure, the, 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 the encouragement, the everything, the gifts that God has given unto you? Must you go without investing them in expanding his kingdom? I want us to listen to the lyrics of the song. And thereafter, we pray. Must I go empty-handed? Thus, my dear Redeemer. I walk nail, service giving, lay no trophy at his feet. Must I go empty handed? Must I meet my Savior's soul? Now one soul. Which to greet must I empty Thank you so much. I want us to stand up and consider this question. Must you go and empty-handed? Or you really want to unleash the potential, the grace that God has given unto you? that you will make your life count here on earth. You will establish a legacy. Or must you just go just like that? I want to call on Pastor Body to pray for us. Let's pray together. We bow our heads. Uh, before I pray, I just would like you to consider uh, something uh, from the message today that, uh, you know, many people... Uh, <clears throat> suffer with the feeling that God could never use them. Feel like that they have nothing to offer, that you're just uh, nobody, uh, and that uh, God could never use me. Well, I, you know, I hope this message has given you wisdom and insight to know that God can use us all. He can use every one of us. We all have, if we're, if we have, uh, if we're Christians, we have a spiritual gift, and God has given us over uh, nearly 600 abilities that we can use for him. And maybe you're here today and you're one of those people that are just saying, you know what, I, I, I just don't believe God could ever use me. I'm just kind of a loser. I, I've never been successful at anything. Or just, you know, you hear those voices in your head that say, you know what they say. And so if you're here today and you would say, you know what, I want to make my life count. And I, I just like for you to pray for me this morning as you close out this time together. If, you, if that's you today and you'd say, you know, I, I'm not really using my gifts and talents. I'm not really uh, using my abilities. You know, and I, I just have never felt that I had anything to offer or whatever you may be thinking today when you'd say, you know, buddy, would you pray for me as you close out this service with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed? If you want to just acknowledge to God today that you want your life to count and you want me to pray, would you just slip up your hand, anybody like that today? 
Yep, all over. Thank you. Yes, you can put them right back down. Anyone else? Just slip your hand right up. Yes, I see your hand. Anyone else? Yes, I see your hand. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the hands that have been raised. Lord, we know that each of us today are worthy. We all have something to give back to you, Lord, to use uh, for you to use us, God. And I just pray for every hand that was raised today, God. I pray that you would wrap your loving arms of love and care around each one today. I pray that, God, that you would just maybe right now, even in this moment, begin to just begin to just encourage them. And, God, that they begin to hear not the voice of the one who wants to destroy us, but, God, that they would begin to hear the voice of the one who created us and knit us together in our mother's womb. God, may they hear today that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, that, God, you created them, you knit them together, God, and you love them, all of us, Lord. And so I just thank you, Father, for this message. I thank you for Francis and Elizabeth. I pray blessings on them, on their children, on their ministry in Nigeria, God. I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you will uh, just uh, help them to do all that you've called them to do, God. And you've given them a lot to do, God, because they have been faithful. And, Lord, we pray they'll continue to be faithful. Thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, can I ask you just uh, one minute just to sit down just one minute? Because you know what happens? Everybody leaves as soon as I kind of say something. And uh, it kind of just feels really weird when I talk about giving an offering. And everybody left the last two services when I asked that. And so if you could just stay to the end as we worship, whether you give in the offering or not, that would be really, really helpful. And I think you would appreciate that as well. So we're going to take a love offering. That's why I want you to stay. Uh, if you got to stand up to get your wallet out, you can do that. Uh, if you want to write a check, you can write to Salem Fields. You can give out the kiosks. You can give online. You can give at the app. What I'm asking you to do today is give a love offering to Francis and Elizabeth, uh, not for their personal uh, lives, but for their ministry, that God would use that money to continue to reach people. 1,000 widows and 2,000 orphans last year when they were here, we were able to support. Now, if I wanted to do that on my own, it'd be hard. But all of us together... All of us together can do that. And so I'm just going to ask you today to give as the Lord has blessed you. If God's blessed you a lot, give a lot. If you just have a little to give, give. All of it adds up. All of it adds up. So it's a dollar or a thousand dollars or more. <laughs> uh, I just want us to bless them. Their ministry means so much to us. Uh, and it means so much to their country. And I got to tell you, if you've, never, if you've ever been or never been to Nigeria, I can tell you it is not a very wonderful place to minister. I'm so glad that they're able to be here. I'm so thankful that James and Charity were able to stay here for two or three months and just be able to recharge. Because I can tell you, when I've been there, I, the longest I was ever there was 11 days, and I thought, honest to God, I thought I'd never get home alive. I mean, that's really true. I was so worn out just from the pressure of all that goes on there. And, um, you know, to have armed guards with you and you can't go anywhere and do anything and it's just unsafe. But they're ministering there and doing a great, great work in the midst of a lot of heartache. So if you could give, that would be great. And we're going to worship together. So I'm going to have you stand up, but that doesn't mean leave. I'm going to have you stand up to worship, okay? So can we all stand and worship together and give an offering? Father, thank you for this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys.
See you right back here next weekend. Invite a friend. Have a great week.